1: for more detailed information, visit their website at cardinalcap.net. You can also call them 225-308-3700 or email them info
0: at cardinalcap.net. Okay, Mr. Davis, how about we do a little tech gumbo for the day? Sounds fantastic. Start off with the news and updates of the week. And one of the stories that we wanted to revisit here was Google Glass. They tried Google Glass again and it Just failed again.
1: That's tough. Not many things fail twice like Google Glass has. And I really can't say that I'm surprised. One, because I haven't even heard that they were back. I didn't know that it was an option. I'm someone who's like, maybe I'm not going to really go out of my way to buy the absolute latest tech, but I would have at least looked at them. I think one of my friends might have had a pair. And to not even have that happen...
0: What was their advertising like? What was their marketing like? Yeah, of course it was gonna fail. Yeah, they tried to get this one to work on the Android operating system. This wasn't not like in 2015. This this headsets were about a thousand bucks or so. They couldn't ever get them to go to market because they couldn't get them stable. They couldn't make it work to be able to try and get it out there. They were trying to stay well below fifteen hundred dollars, but at the thousand-dollar level, it just bombed. At fifteen hundred dollars, it just kind of worked.
1: And also, I, you know, what else does it do? That if it's, it's you know a thousand dollars or fifteen hundred dollars, that's more expensive than a smartphone. Because at least with the new high-end smartphone, if you trade in your old one, you get a decent credit, and it ends up maybe six hundred dollars, and that's for the high-end ones if I'm dropping the full $1,000 for $1,500, this device better do tricks. And if you're telling me that it's just a less good version of my phone, well then what am I doing with it? Why do I have it? Why, Why do I need to spend that much
0: money on this device? Part of the problem is that all they really were was just a camera. Kind of like a spy camera kind of thing that could just take photos and push those to your phone. There's not a motherboard, there's not RAM, there's not a processor inside these glasses that could really do anything. And so, okay, I could snap a few pictures and you don't know I just took pictures. That's it. That's all you got for a thousand, fifteen hundred dollars. And that's kind of creepy.
1: Normally, whenever you want to take pictures of someone with your phone, you you have to do something to kind of indicate that. You're pointing your phone at them, and maybe you're surreptitious about it. But even still, I think that's kind of a good thing that there requires some sort of visible action around that. And yeah, having it be that easy to take photographs like that, I, I don't know that we should lower that barrier to entry.
0: So once again... Google Glass has, has failed. Another what looks to be failure is Apple going to put the USB-C charging port on their new iPhones, on the iPhone 15. However, they plan to choke it down
1: unless you buy the Apple-approved cable. So they're technically going to comply because they will be the USB-C that plugs in, but if you're just the standard USB-C, it'll be slower, it'll be less power, it'll be less data transfer speeds, and they're going to make you pay the extra money to have the Apple label on the cable, even if it's just a USB-C cable.
0: Currently, the USB 3.2 allows for up, to 20 gigabits of transfer speed. But if you don't have that Apple-approved, Apple-made USB, you're only gonna get 480 megabits of throughput, which is minuscule compared
1: to- Yeah, so 150th. That's how much they're gonna choke you down because buying hardware, you having to buy the Apple product is so, crucial to their brand, even though all USB-C cables are the same. Their argument is that, oh, it's about safety, and that we have to ensure that cables and accessories are safe and genuine. But if the USB-C cable is good enough for everyone else in the world, for every other device in the world, if your iPhone can't handle that, that's a problem with the iPhone, not with the cable.
0: This is just Apple being Apple, because, oh, by the way... Macs use the standard USB-C, and iPads have the standard USB-C. And to say that all of a sudden we can't put a regular good old-fashioned USB-C on the iPhone, it needs a special cable, is just, number one, it's bad marketing. It's going to get really bad publicity, and it's stupid. Oh, yeah. You you are just going to
1: infuriate your customers. Not to mention, it's entirely possible that the EU, the people who imposed this regulation in the first place, say that Apple is wrong here and that it still violates the EU's laws and that they have to find them or that Apple has to make the change anyway, because they actually care about consumer protections over there. And if this claim doesn't hold up to scrutiny that apple has to do it to safeguard their customers then they might end up having to remove that throttle anyway and then just let the USB-C be the high quality standard that it is
0: this is just apple being apple going after another dollar grab because they want to get to a four trillion dollar company instead of just three trillion um i'm so disappointed to see something like this this is just It's just silly. It's just all it is. And speaking of silly
1: decisions from Apple, they've implemented a new charging feature. It's called clean energy charging. And on the surface, I like it. It's on paper and in a vacuum. This is a good idea. What the tool does is that it looks at your charging habits and then works to try and charge more at nighttime Because that's whenever the power grid is under less strain, therefore you're competing
0: with less people for
1: energy demand, and that it's it's better for the environment that way.
0: This is in the Apple iOS 16, and yes, it's feel-goodism at its its absolute core when you consider that the smartphones operate at 0.6 watts of energy. And they, they use milliwatts of power to charge. The fact that we're worried about, as we come kind of were, we're chatting before we got started here, this is trying to add a sheet of paper on top of the Empire State Building and wanting to know if we made it any taller. Yeah. To, to put it in perspective, we sat there and
1: calculated it out that – to chart if you know the cost of energy, the like one kilowatt hour, is 10 cents in Louisiana, over the course of a year to charge your phone every single day up to full, you will spend less than one penny. That's how much power that we're talking about here. And if, to put that in perspective, if your total power bill is about $1,500 per year, we're looking at one penny's worth of energy. That's the difference that this is, this entire, you know, there have been people who have come out in favor of it, and people who have come out against it. And it's just such the tiniest, this is, it's like puffing into a hurricane. There, you're just not, look, I, I get it. Everyone wants to make a difference. Everyone wants to feel like they are saving the trees. But if you were talking about the scale of energy of an electric car, Okay. That's a number that matters. Now you're really starting to deal with power draw that means something. But phones are tiny. They're so tiny. And this just is not
0: worth the fight. Just running the light bulb in a lamp a few hours a day would use more power than your phone will for the entire year. If you have the lights on in the kitchen that's going to use more power than your phone will for an entire year so yes we've talked about on this show there's much less strain on on the on the electric grid at night and doing more things at night is better for the grid for the health of the of the electrical grid that's out there but charging your phone during the middle of the day is not putting any kind of strain on anything other than the cable that the power is going through. Yeah, they're
1: they're just, there are fights that are more worth it. There are fights that are worth the energy, and this is just not one of them.
0: Moving along, there was another story. This comes from the Federal Trade Commission. They're letting people know it's you can get scammed because we've talked about the voice cloning capabilities that are out there. People are creating audio files to say their kids are in trouble. Your kid's in jail. And you can make a kid say something with the newest software that's out there. And there was one couple that lost over $15,000 because of the scam.
1: Yeah, this is all you would need to do if the person, uh, for example, has their social media that's publicly accessible. If they have videos of themselves talking, post it on their social media, then a, a bad actor could go download all those videos, pull out the audio file, upload them into this AI voice cloning software. And then you don't need that much. You only need maybe a couple minutes worth of, of voice audio input and boom, they can recreate your you know that voice to a decent level to where if you play it over the phone, someone who doesn't know any better, doesn't know that this software even exists or this is possible, could easily be scammed by this.
0: That's right. You make this software – make it out calling grandma. Grandma, I need help. Well, Your grandparents, 60-, 70-, 80-year-old people, they're not, they're not accustomed to having this kind of sophistication run them over. And, oh, sure, I'll anything you need here, honey, I'll wire the money right now. Here's my credit card, and boom, they're they're done. And this is why we've we've talked about in the past, and we're going to talk about a lot more in the next segment. Artificial intelligence is it's a lot, yeah, some might say too much. Please, let's move on. We wanted to talk about your phone can actually be used to spy on you or to have spyware in put on your phone by people you know and or like.
1: Yeah, so this is a problem which is actually much harder to tackle. You know, we say a lot of things about making sure you're using two-factor authentication, make sure you're not clicking on some funny links. There's a lot of very basic good digital hygiene habits that we really preach a lot about you know, what happens whenever someone who you know wants to install something on your phone, this becomes a whole lot harder to protect against because if they don't have to go over the internet or if they are sitting there with your phone unlocked and can download something straight on, that's, that bypasses a lot of those restrictions that we have in place and we're seeing instances of that.
0: So a lot of times what happens is software is, is, is marketed to hey, you need to monitor your children or your employees on employer-owned equipment. And this this software will let you know what's happening so that you can be in the know. You know, you can know what your kids are doing, you can know what your employees are doing. But if you're worried about your significant other and your significant other doesn't know you put that same software on their phone. Now, every text message, every photo, every voice call, where that phone travels to, all becomes spyware that you can pull up on, with your phone or from a website, because that phone where you've loaded that software will push all that information up there to give you everything you need to know. That's why this is
1: also very tough, is because it's not like this software is only bad. Something like ransomware has no real general purpose uses. But if you're a parent and you want to give your 13-year-old a smartphone, but you also want to make sure they're not doing anything stupid on it, okay, that's whenever something like this does have a role to play or whenever you're an employer and you just need to make sure that your employees are again not being stupid on their uh, company owned devices okay you know as long as everyone knows hey look i can see everything that's happening and everyone it's all above the table it's all on the level here this software has valid uses and valid purposes but as you said what happens whenever someone installs the software on a device and the original user doesn't know that's whenever you get into spying
0: and some pretty creepy behavior. Because a lot of times these apps, once they're loaded, they'll have names like Wi-Fi monitor or Internet service so that it's looking for. It, it, you're thinking it's just something that's going to look for Wi-Fi to help me out. It's It's got names that were designed to distract you away from asking, gee, I don't remember that app being littered on my I guess it came with the latest update yeah they're very generic names they're very generic pictures they're designed to to
1: not get your attention
0: so if you're out there and you're you're looking at something that pops up on your phone then you know ask the questions it may be worth it so
1: there are some phones which have built-in defenses to things like this on my Pixel. One of the things it'll do is every month or so, it'll come back and say, hey, here's a list of the apps that you didn't open in the past month. Do you wanna start revoking privileges to them? And so it'll say, "You know, here, you you downloaded this back in November, but you haven't touched it since January. We're turning off its ability to access the camera, access your location, all sorts of things. And even if it, it wasn't doing those things, it cannot be taken over and access those anymore anyway. I would have to go back into the app and turn those things back on. But again, if I haven't touched that app in six months, I'm like, oh, thank you. You know, now I'm not worried about maybe this app was just a goofy game that I downloaded five years ago and just never bothered to get rid of. And then someone came along and bought it out and put something inside of it. There are some protections in place here, but it is better to either run some sort of software or, or just pay attention, look through these things every once in a while, make sure you understand what's happening on your phone, what it's supposed to look like.
0: And, and the iPhone does the same basic thing after an app has not been used for four to six months. I don't know exactly what time frame it is, but it will take that app and not uninstall it, but it will move all of the body of that app to the iCloud. And so all you see is the icon if you want to run that app, then you have to download that app back and it brings the data back to your phone so you can start back up and, and keep going again. It's just not sitting there idling in the background. Yeah, and the, you know one of the advantages of
1: moving it all the way up into the iCloud like that is that it's not even gonna chew up space on your local memory. It's not really a problem anymore. I haven't had space issues on a phone probably in, since 2015-ish. But at one point in time, this was a bigger issue. And it could be if you're someone who takes a lot of photos or you have other problems, that maybe that uh, was really loading up a lot of space in your phone. By moving all the data on the app up
0: to the phone, up to the iCloud like that, then you're really circumventing that problem. And, and should you find one of these apps, they're not always easy to uninstall. Some of these apps have countermeasures so that, oh, he's trying to uninstall me. I, I, I'm, I can block the uninstall or I can make it look like I was uninstalled, but I wasn't. You have to be very careful. There may be special software that you have to download to get rid of this software that you might need another third party app that can come in and wipe that app off of your phone. But then again, now you're introducing another app. So be careful with things like that that's out there. We want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT-managed service provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers across the southeastern United States. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through continuous innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 180-plus employees, including technicians, engineers, program designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of business schools and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business strengths. This has become a proven formula, so proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need IT services, new technology, or have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. If you enjoyed our show today, we are here on Talk 173
1: FM every Saturday at 4 p.m. And the show reruns Sundays also at 4 p.m. If you missed any part of the show or you'd like to hear this or previous episodes, check out our podcast. Available on almost every podcast platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music Audible, and more. When you're there, be sure to subscribe so you get notified every time we post a new episode. If you like our show or you have any suggestions, let us know on our website at www.techgumbo.net. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.